Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Well, I'm excited to be able to preach uh, the second part of a three-part sermon series that we're in right now that I've titled Words. And last week uh, was, the, was the first week of that sermon series, and I titled that message, uh, words, uh, words Are Powerful. And we learned how our words are like dynamite, how our words can be explosive, how they can be used for good things and bad things. And so we learned how our words, we can use our words to speak life into a situation or to speak death over people and situations. And so we learned how our words are powerful. Now today, I've titled the sermon, Words Are Expensive. And how many of you know that words are, they are expensive? People sometimes say, well, words are cheap. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Have you ever heard anyone say that before? Well, the reality is that words are not cheap, that they actually will cost us things at times, even when we don't even realize how much they'll actually cost us. Uh, There were three friends that went out to vacation together. They went to Hawaii and they were lifelong friends. They said, hey, let's go on vacation together. And they decided to stay at a hotel right there on the ocean. It was an oceanfront property. And they woke up early one morning and they began to walk out towards the beach. And as they were walking out to the beach, they, came, uh, they came, stumbled upon this, uh, this genie bottle. And so they picked up the genie bottle. This genie came out. And genie said, and, and as you guys have heard the story before, each of you get one wish. And so each of them thought, wow, I, we get wishes? Man, I wonder what I should wish for. And they started thinking about it. The first person started thinking, well, I really like cars. And so I want like the nicest car on planet Earth. I want the nicest car. And, and so he said, all right, I wish for a car. And poof, out came this car, this Lamborghini. It was a nice red limited edition one of one Lamborghini with nice rims, nice stereo system with the plexiglass in the back so you could look at the engine. Guys, right? I mean, just really, really cool car. Nice, 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 nice car. The second guy says, all right, I, I want to wish something that is going to be incredible. So he says, all right. I want, like, the nicest house on planet Earth, but I want it to be in Hawaii. I want to live in Hawaii. So, so poof, out came this beautiful home with the plexiglass bottom so you could see the fish underneath. I mean, it was a beautiful house, the nicest house you could ever imagine. It was like 10,000 square feet with the nicest accessories. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house. Then there's one guy left, and he gets a wish, and he thinks, man, I don't want to waste my wish. What should I wish for? He gives it a moment, and he thinks, oh, I know. I know what I want. I want every woman to love me. And poof, he became a chocolate bar. (laughs) A chocolate bar. I want you guys to know our words are expensive, and sometimes they can cost us things. They can cost us more than sometimes we will ever realize in life because our words are expensive. Our words will cost us things. And I want to give us a lesson today and teach us things from James chapter 3 and show us three ways that our words are expensive. Now, the first portion of our sermon, probably the first 15 minutes or so, the first two hours of our message, no, I'm just kidding. The first half of our message, I'm going to give you three ways that our words are expensive. And then I'm going to go into, uh, after I lay down the groundwork, I want to go into three keys, God, uh, three God keys to help us to control our words. But let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to just join us and to really take this time where he's able to speak to our hearts. Lord, we thank you that you are here. 
Lord, we had a great time in worship. And now, Lord, as we transition to your word, would you just continue to speak to our hearts? You're here and you're moving in our midst. Lord, I have planned, I've prayed, and prepared. Now, Lord, would you add the power that comes with the speaking of the Holy Spirit into our lives? Would you move on our hearts and would you move on our minds that you would anoint uh, for, so that we could hear and that you would anoint so that we could be able to walk out your word today? Speak to us about words, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen? Amen. amen. All right, the first way that our words are expensive is words will direct our life. Words will direct our life. And let's take a look at James chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. It says, indeed, we all make mistakes. Wow, that's not very encouraging. Hey, everyone, you all make mistakes, all right? We all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. And what James here is saying and what he's teaching us is that if we could control our words and we would be able to control our entire life, that if we could keep our words in check, then we could keep our whole entire life in check. And James goes on to give us two illustrations about how words direct our life. And in verse 3 he says, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Verse 4. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And James here has given us an illustration about a humongous horse that is controlled by a horse bit. Now, I needed a volunteer this morning. I need, I need a youth, a youth, a youth, a youth. I, I want someone, a youth, to come and help me with real quick. Who wants to help me with a volunteer? Volunteer. All right, uh, Lexi, all right. Let's give it up for my daughter, Lexi. Hey. All right, all right, all right. My kids are like, Dad, why am I always in all the sermon illustrations? All right, take this, babe, take this. Put this around your head like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'll I'll do your hair later. All right, so this is a horse bridle, okay? This entire contraption is a horse bridle. Here, let's come in the middle of of the stage. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm having having too much fun, y'all, too much fun. All right, so Lex, hold this really close to your mouth. You don't stick it in your mouth. I'm sure a horse has actually slobbered on that, so pretty sure. So a horse bit is placed into a horse so that the person who's riding the horse, so that the person riding the horse is able to pull it wherever it wants to go. So if I want the horse to go towards the left, then I pull to the left. And if I want the horse to go to the right, then I pull to the right. If I want the horse to stop, I just pull back on it. And then sometimes the horse will make funny noises like this. Not doing that. (laughs) Come on, give me your best impression of... I think you can do better. (laughs) Okay, I'll try, I'll try. That's pretty good, pretty good. Okay, you can take that off, babe. You can take that off. All right, so... Horses can weigh up to, you're good, yeah, you're good, yeah. We didn't rehearse, we didn't rehearse this or anything like that, so. So horses can weigh about 2,000 pounds. A horse bridle weighs about a pound and a half, and the horse bit is less than a pound. But this little horse bit is able to make a horse move wherever the person wants to direct the horse. Now, in the same way, uh, a ship is directed by the rudder. And take a look at the screen here. This is a container ship. And a container ship can weigh up to 220,000 tons. 
220,000 tons. And the rudder, which is located on the back of this ship, is tiny. It's a small little rudder. And this rudder weighs about 4,000 tons. So you have a ship that weighs 220,000 tons. You have a rudder that weighs only 4,000 tons. But that little tiny rudder that is less than 2% of its body weight is able to move that entire ship wherever the, sh wherever the pilot or the captain wants it to go. And here's what James is teaching us. He says that our words are like the tiny horse bit that directs our life. That our words are like that tiny rudder that can direct our life. What we say will direct our life. Words are not cheap. Words are expensive. Our words will determine our success or our failures. Our words will determine our victory or defeat, our happiness or misery. It'll determine whether we live by freedom or in bondage, whether we live encouraged or discouraged. Our words are so powerful that they will determine whether we even live by faith or by fear. Just like uh, just like the bit in a horse's mouth is able to direct the horse, and just like the rudder is able to direct the ship, so are our words able to direct our entire life. And here's what the writer of Proverbs describes that words are like when, when, when we use our words to direct our lives. It says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14, it says, from the fruit of our lips, in other words, our words, from the fruit of our lips, people are filled with good things. What that means is good words will equal good results. Then it goes on to say, and the work of their hands brings them reward. And most people understand the second part of that verse that I just read. Most people understand that when we go to work and we put the work of our hands to something, that there's going to be a reward like a paycheck. But so many people miss that first part of that verse. And here's what that first part of that verse is saying. It's saying that, it, that the work of our words will produce good results. Not just the work of our hands, but the work of our words will actually be able to determine the outcome of our entire life. And here's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. He says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for them. Jesus is saying that when we speak to the mountains in our life, and by the way, the mountains that are in our life can, yes, be a physical mountain, but oftentimes they're something significant of something else. It can be some problems that enter our life. It could be a situation or an issue that's happening in our life. And he says when we speak to the mountain and believe in our heart and do not doubt that it will be done for us. Notice that Jesus doesn't say that when we encounter these mountains, we should just get negative and say things like, well, things never work out for me anyway. I to just give up. He didn't say that, well, things usually never work out for me. I'm just not going to do this. Or he doesn't say things never change in my life anyway, so I'm just not going to go through with it. But too oftentimes people see these mountains and when they see these mountains, they continue to speak negative things instead of positive things over these mountains. They say things like this mountain will never go away anyway. I'm never going to keep this weight off anyway. I'm not, not going to be healthy for the rest of my life anyway. These, these relationships in my life are never going to work out. I'm never going to get out of debt. My children will always be religious, will always be rebellious. This economy will never work in my favor. Well, people will always just be divisive anyways, like they are in society. And when we think these type of things, what happens is we get hung by our tongue. 
And remember, James is saying our words will direct our life. And when we speak negative words over our life, it will produce negative results over our lives. We will begin to become depressed. We'll begin to, to be uh, 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 oppressed. We'll begin to be, be anxious about things. We'll have low self-esteem because we don't realize that like a rudder is to a ship and like a bit is to a horse, our, our lips, our words will actually direct our whole entire life. And when we encounter a mountain in our life, let me encourage you to stay positive about that situation. It takes just as much energy to stay positive or to get negative about something. Why not just stay positive about that situation that we're going through in our life? We ought to be able to think and to say things over our own life that Jesus thinks about us. We ought to be able to say things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We ought to be able to say things like, I'm an overcomer. Come on, some of you are experiencing mountains in your life right now, and you ought to be able to say things like, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be healthy. This relationship is going to work out. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to be successful. My children are going to serve Jesus because I'm the head and not the tail. I'm in front and not behind. I'm above and not below. I'm an overcomer. Greater is he who's in my life than he who's in the world. Our words have the power to be able to direct our entire life because our words are expensive. Number two, the second way that our words are expensive our words can set our life on fire. The power that is in our mouth can actually cause major damage in our life. James chapter 3, looking at verses 5 and 6, it says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. Now, this isn't talking about the good aspects of fire, like the ability to have warmth and heat or to be able to, to heat up our food so that we could have nutrition. This is talking about the bad parts, the devastating parts of fire. And listen to what he says. He goes on to say, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And it and is itself set on fire by hell. The Bible says that our words are like fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. And you know what fire does? Fire burns and fire hurts. About 15 years ago, I was making a pot roast at home, and, and, and I told my wife and family, I said, hey, guys, I'm going to make pot roast, and they love my pot roast. I make it in this Dutch oven. If you've never made pot roast in a Dutch oven, I'm telling you, it comes out so juicy. It's all, oh, it like, falls off. It's, it's super good. I got this great quality meat. I found this recipe online that is, like, absolutely incredible. It's amazing. I, I made, put all the spices together, got it all prepared, stuck it in the oven, set the, set the, the temperature, and then set the timer. So the timer was on for four hours. Four hours later, I came back. I opened up the oven, and I go to reach in. And just like my arm hit this pulpit right here, I go to reach in, and I burned my arm right here on the top. And it hurt, and it was painful, and it even left a scar. I can roll up my sleeve right now and show you the scar that is on my arm 15 years later. And that's exactly what happens with our words. Our words can burn. 
Our words can burn our life. Our words can burn our mind. Our words can burn our thinking. Our words can burn and they can hurt. And they can even leave a scar 15 years later. And some of us are walking out the results of scars that are left on our lives from 15 years ago because of things that we have said and because of things that we've spoken. Don't tell me that things won't really make a difference. Our words are absolutely expensive. They'll cost us things at times. The other thing that fires are known for is fires are known to spread and to continue to spread. And in California, we absolutely understand what that means, don't we? Remember last year, during the heat of the fires and everything happening, we would go on to the news, and the news anchor would say, hey, everyone, don't go outside today. It's a very low air quality. And all of us would stay indoors. And if you had asthma, you wouldn't go out because it would affect you. The, the, the smoke in the air would affect your breathing, and it affected everything. You would go to work, and you would have ash on your car. Remember going to work, and then after work, after the eight hours or however many hours you work, you would come back out, and there would be like a film of ash on your car and on the ground. You would look up at the sun, and you could look directly into the sun because there was so much smoke in the air that you would see a round amber, a round burning sun it looked like because of the amount of sun, uh, uh, the amount of quality of the air that was out there, the amount of smoke that was up there. And one thing that I know about fires is that fires continue to spread and to spread and to spread. These fires continue to spread so much that they burnt acres upon acres. They, they, they burned homes. They killed people because fires continue to spread and spread. And all of these different fires that we know of all start out from a tiny little spark. Like when people are driving down a road and they flick out a, a cigarette butt and it starts a fire. Like when people are camping and then the, the little campfire that they start, a little ember, a little spark goes out, out onto dry grass and it now, it now burns all kinds of different acres that, that just from a little tiny spark. And what James is trying to teach us is that he says if we don't use our words correctly, it will actually set our whole body on fire. That it will actually set the whole course of the direction of our life on fire. Listen, fires don't only spread to us and stay contained with us, but fires spread. Fires spread onto our family. Fires spread to our finances. Fires spread to our workplace. Fires spread at school. Fires spread into our relationships. Fires spread to our children. Fires spread in every single area of our life including our future because words are like fire and it can spread and damage every single area of our life and here's what the writer of proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3 says about words he says how he says whoever guards his mouth preserves his life so pastor gary are you saying i can live a joyful life by just watching the words that i speak yes absolutely we can and the opposite is true he he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Pastor Gary, are you saying that I could ruin my life if I don't say the right things? Yes, absolutely. That's what this scripture is actually saying. He's saying that our words can ruin our entire life like a fire. It will hurt and it will spread because our words are expensive. Number three, the third way that our words are expensive is we can't tame our words. We cannot tame our words. We don't have the ability to tame our words. Harvest Church, you cannot tame your words. Well, thanks for being so encouraging, Pastor Gary. Thanks, thanks so much for that. And No, listen, we don't have the ability to tame our words. And, and, and that shouldn't be something that's bad for us because really what, what is, what is going to happen, it will push us towards the Lord in areas of our life. We don't have the ability to tame our words. We do have ability to tame other things, though. Look at James chapter 3, and verse 7 and 8. It says, all kind of animal 
uh, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But human beings can't tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And as humans, we have the ability to, to tame horses. As humans, we have the ability to tame dogs. As humans, we, we, we have the ability to try and tame cats. Now, it's not going to work because cats aren't smart, but you can try to tame a cat. I'm just kidding. Don't send me an email and get upset because I don't like cats. I just am highly allergic to cats. If I get in the presence of cats, my nose starts running. I start getting sick and a whole bit. Uh, don't, don't, don't get upset with me. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I just, even just thinking about cats actually right now is giving me the sniffles. All right? So, all right. Here we go. We have the ability to tame dolphins. We have the ability to tame elephants and have them train to stand on one leg. We have the ability to tame lions and tigers to jump through hoops. We have the ability to tame bears to ride on bicycles. And we, we can tame all of these different animals and all of these huge type of things like horses, but we do not have the ability to tame our words. This opening on our face is just a three-inch muscle. We can tame all kinds of different animals, but we cannot tame our words. I've seen people even tame dogs that are like incredible things. Like people can, can point at the dog and act like they have a gun in their hand and go, bang. And you'll see the dog lay down and play dead. It'll go, boom. You know, and it'll lay there. It's amazing. We could tame all these different animals, but we cannot tame this three-inch muscle on the front of our face. We could tame all of these amazing things, but no matter what age that we are today, God can help us to tame our tongues and to tame our words. And so today I want to give us some very practical applications to help us tame our words. And I want to give you three God keys to control our words today. Number one, is this. Check the health of your heart. Check the health of your heart. A words problem means a heart problem. Our words simply reveal what's already inside our heart. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 18 and 19 says, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. In other words, come from the inside. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, slander. And this is the, a very practical and important tool. This is a very important principle. Because whatever is in our heart will come out in what we say. And so if we have a critical heart, we're going to speak critical words. If we have a, a self-righteous heart, we're going to have self-righteous words. If we have a bitter heart, we're going to have bitter words. If we have ungrateful hearts, we're going to have ungrateful words. But let's flip that because the opposite is true as well in the positive. If we have a loving heart, we're going to speak loving words. If we have a fruitful heart, uh, a faithful heart, we're we're going to have faithful words. If we produce, uh, if we have a, a peaceful heart, then we're going to have peaceful words. If we have a trusting heart, we're going to have trustful words. Whatever is in our heart will come out of our mouths. Whatever is in our heart will come out in our words. And this is what Jesus describes in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Those are two very important words, stored up. In fact, I'm going to count to three, and would you shout those words out to me? Ready? One, two, three. Stored up. 
A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Whatever is stored up in our heart will come out of our words. And the only way that we'll be able to change what comes out of our heart is by changing the environment we put our heart in. And so it's important that if you're here today and you say, Pastor Gary, I, I don't understand why sometimes I say the words that I say. Pastor Gary, I don't like how sometimes I cuss. Pastor Gary, I don't like the, how I speak to my family at times. I, I can cut people down so low. I don't like the way that I speak to people at school. I don't like the way I, I might speak to some, t- some people at work. Pastor Gary, why is it that my words are used? At, why, why is it? Why is it? I have a words problem, Gary. Pastor Gary, and, no, listen, you don't have a words problem. You have a heart problem. Because what happens is this is our heart, and whatever we put our heart into, whatever environment we set ourselves around, whatever things that we allow our, our heart to be around is going to get stored up in our heart. And so whenever tough times come and whenever there's a mountain in front of us and we get pressed in life, you know what comes out? Filth. Filth comes out. Not not because we have a words problem, not because we have a problem on the outside, but because of a heart condition. We're allowing our heart to be around an environment that is not healthy for our heart. And we think we have a cussing problem. We think we have a lust problem. But no, it's not a lust problem. It's because you put your heart around the filthy movies that you watch. It's because you watch things on your phone that you should not watch. And so when times get hard and when times get troubled, when you have mountains in front of your life and you get pressed, what comes out of you isn't just those filthy things. What comes out of you is are the things that have been stored up in your heart. And so some of you this morning, you have a cursing problem because of the people that you hang around. You put your heart in an environment where you're soaking up cuss words. And so when life comes over and life presses you, you have filth coming out of your life. Some of you, when you leave church, you would never, you would never cuss in the house of the Lord. You would never use that vulgar language in the house of the Lord. But when you leave today and you get in a car and you start the car up, you know what, you know what comes on the radio or, or you know what you're playing with your music? You, you're playing those like boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. And, and you know the filthy language that comes out of that out of those things here's what's happening you're you're putting your heart in an environment where you're storing up all of those words and when you get pressed in life what comes out aren't fruitful things what comes out is a filth that this world ha- that this world has offered because of the explicits that you're putting into your own life listen if you have a lust problem then maybe it's because of the tv shows or the things you're looking at on your phone or because of the movies you choose to attend pastor gary you're getting kind of religious on us you're getting very like like very critical you're getting very legalistic no i'm not getting legalist legalistic i'm getting truthful i want your heart to be healthy so let's flip it if this is our heart and now we're going to church and we come on a sunday morning whether you joined us online or you come in person guess what begins to happen guess what you're storing up you're storing up the things of the Spirit. And so now when you have a heart that is full of stored up things from the Spirit, guess what begins to happen? You get pressed. There might be a mountain in front of you, but you know what comes out? Pleasing things to the Lord. Clean things, 
from the Lord. You know what begins to happen when you go to life group and you begin to think, no one cares about me. You know, I feel lonely. And then you know what begins to happen? You've been storing up all those godly relationships in your life. And so when you get pressed, when there's a mountain in front of you, you know what begins to happen? You get pressed, but good things start coming out of you. You know what begins to happen when things aren't going your way, but you've been going to first Wednesdays and you get a bad report from the doctor, but you've been believing that God's going to heal you. You've been believing for the miraculous. You've been believing that God's going to touch that situation. You come on first Wednesdays and the things around you might seem discouraging, but you know what still comes out of you? Great things because you're believing for God to move in your life. You know what begins to happen when you start to serve and where you begin to surround yourself around God's people and you serve on a Sunday morning, you become an usher, a greeter, you serve with children's ministries. What begins to happen is you get connected in such a way with people that your heart is in a good environment around and what gets stored up in your heart are good things. And so when you get pressed, good things begin to come out of you because I'm telling you, our words are expensive. Our words will determine the trajectory of our life. Our words need to be used in a healthy manner because that will really change the entire trajectory of our life. Listen, I want you to have a clean heart today because having a clean heart will really direct your entire life. Number two, the second God key to control our words is learn to filter your mouth. Learn to filter your mouth. Sometimes the reason why people find themselves in trouble is because they just say the wrong things. Have you ever said the wrong thing before and you got yourself in trouble? Have you ever heard people say that like, oh man, it seems like I'm always getting myself in trouble. Have you ever had that thought like, man, I'm always getting myself in trouble by the words that I say. Psalm 141 and verse 3 says, set a guard over your mouth. Other versions put it like this, put a muzzle over your mouth. You know what a muzzle is? A muzzle is used to keep dogs from barking. That's what a muzzle is. That's how strong this text is speaking to us. It says, put a guard over your mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. In other words, God, help me filter my mouth. Listen, listen, listen. This is going to be so revolutionary for some of you today. Just because you think something doesn't mean that you should speak that something. Just because you have a thought about something doesn't mean that you need to share it with anybody. We need to know what to say and when to say it. Let me give you an example. If my wife and I are having a great day together, we spent a, a great day together, and I say, hey, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry. Would you mind making me a sandwich? No problem. My wife will get in the kitchen. She'll make me a sandwich. And by the way, I'm, I'm typically the cook. So this is, don't think this is kind of a chauvinist. It's not anything like that, okay? Uh, I, I love cooking. I'm the cook in our house. So, so if I ask her to make me a sandwich, my wife, yeah, no problem. Great, I'll make you a sandwich. And my wife makes amazing sandwiches, by the way. Here's a key, guys. Here's, or here, here's a key. Whoever the cook is, the key is to, to heat up the meat in a pan first before you put the meat in. I'm just telling you to release juices and flavors and taste that, like, man, my mouth is watering right now. All right, babe, I, I think I want a sandwich today. <laughs> All right, so if I ask my wife in that type of scenario, no problem. She'll make me a sandwich, and we'll call it good. Now, if we go to the hospital and give birth to Lexi, well, I don't give birth. If you give birth to Lexi, our firstborn child, if we were to go and give birth to Lexi, and after 27 hours of hard labor, Lexi finally comes. And by the way, that is absolutely true. 27 hours, my wife was in hard labor. Like, man, I got a whole different respect for the ladies in the room right now. You guys are absolutely incredible. Give the, give the, yeah, give the moms in the house a, a, an incredible applause because they deserve it. 
What you allowed your body to go through, God knew we couldn't handle it. I'm just saying, like, absolutely incredible. 27 hours. And after the 27 hours, the baby right here sleeping. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about, you know. So if, if after 27 hours, and this actually did happen, I had to wheel my wife to the car because of the trauma that she experienced in her body. When we got home, I was carrying Lexi, and I had to, like, actually help my wife walk in because of the trauma that she experienced. And so we walk in hand in hand. I'm trying to get everyone in and situated. Now, in that situation, if I were to ask my wife, For a sandwich. <laughs> if I were to turn to my wife and say, hey, babe, you know what? I stayed up with you for all 27 hours. <laughs> I would never talk like this, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> really, I would. If, if, I, if I say, hey, babe, you know what? I was up with you all 27 hours, and I didn't even eat any dinner last night. Like, I, I'm super hungry. I stayed, I'm super tired. I'm just going to go ahead and sit on the couch. Can you make me a sandwich? How many of you know, in the first scenario, no problem. The second scenario, not so much. How many of you know, Pastor Gary, wake up with a black guy the next morning? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I would be in serious, a world of hurt. It would hurt so bad. James chapter 1, verse 26 says this about words. It says, those who consider themselves religious, and this word religious is the good use of that word, where if we consider ourselves to be Christ followers, and that's what this word is talking about. It says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceives themselves, and their religion is worthless. Listen to me. If we think, because we wake up and we pray all day long, if we think because we could lead First Wednesdays in an awesome way, if we think that because we go to a small group and we're around other believers, like, man, I'm a great Christian. I read my Bible every day, Pastor Gary. I pray for five hours. This verse is saying, but if you can't tame your tongue, it's all worthless. What? So here's what James is saying. He's saying the closer we get to Jesus, the more obvious it'll become because the more better we will be able to control our words. And one of the signs of spiritual maturity is when we can control the words that come out of our mouth. And when I say people that lash out with their words or they're placed in a situation where they just take advantage of someone or speak down to someone, in my mind, I always think this. I always think, man, there's a lack of spiritual maturity. There's something that is not right in that person. When people just act crazy to the person on the other end of that counter you go you go to to, to starbucks and you go you go crazy on them because they didn't get your order right i'm telling you there's a lack of spiritual maturity that's not what mature believers do but likewise the flip side when when i see people that are being pressed i mean like they're really going through something tough in life like something really, really hard. They, they found out that, that, that there's something in their body that, that is growing. You know, I'm talking about some real serious issues. When I hear people continue to be faithful with the Lord and use their words and still be kind, I think, man, that person is so spiritually mature because of the words that they're choosing to respond with. And unfortunately, when people get put into hard situations, oftentimes people sin by the words that they use. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 19 says... Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible keep and keep your mouth shut. That's like strong biblical 
words right there. I, 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 like, hey, would you mind keeping your mouth closed? No, no, it says, it says too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. In other words, it's saying, Lord, help me to filter my mouth. Have you ever heard people say things like this? Well, man, it seems like I'm always getting myself in trouble by the things that I say. And I'm telling you, that's oftentimes the case. People get themselves in trouble because of the words that they choose to speak to other people. Proverbs 21 verse 23 says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. That's not like user-friendly language right there. Keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. And right there, some of you connected the dots. So Pastor Gary, do you mean that I get myself into trouble because I say too much or I say things the wrong way? Yes. Some of us, we don't speak the right words and it gets us in trouble. In fact, some of you today, you don't even want to go to work tomorrow because you said something to someone on Friday and you're like, oh man, I got myself in trouble. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Some of you students, you just, start, you just started school on Thursday and on Friday, you already said something to someone where you got yourself in trouble and you're already thinking, well, I don't want to go to school tomorrow because I, I got myself in trouble. I said the wrong thing. Listen, before we speak, think. Say that word with me. Say think. Think. And in my research of this, of this sermon, while I was trying to look for a different material, I was trying to look for a quote about the, like how important it is that we think before we speak. I was trying to think of a great quote or a famous quote or something like that. And I stumbled across this acronym for the word think. So this isn't something I came up with. It's something that I found out there on the internet, but I, it is so relevant for us today. I want to share this with you. Take a look at the screen. This acronym of think. Number one, T... Is what I'm about to say right now true? T's for true. Is what I'm about to say true? H is for helpful. Is what I'm about to say right now helpful to somebody? I is for inspiring. Will my words be inspiring to someone? Will I be able to help somebody? N is for necessary. Or is what I'm about to say right now necessary? And listen to everyone. Look, look at me for just a minute. Harvesters, look at me for just a minute. I cannot tell you how many times, how many times I've saved myself from arguments, from just thinking to myself, is this necessary? So there are two things that I do. If I feel myself getting kind of like wild up, and, and I'm a passionate person. I can't hide that. I'm super passionate, so I could, pa I could argue passionately. You know, all of, I'm like this in every area of my life, okay? So I'm like this when we argue. I'm like this when things are going great. I'm like this when we preach. Like, I'm like this at every point of my life. But I will tell you this. There are so many arguments I have saved myself from because I've prayed about it and because I slept on it. And there are so many times where I woke up the next day and I didn't feel the same way I did the night before. You know how when something first happens and you feel passionate about something, if you pray about it and if you give it some time, I'm telling you oftentimes that situation will just work itself out or you won't feel as passionate about it or the next day someone will call you and apologize for the situation where you thought you had to always do all the apologizing. I can't tell you how many times that has saved me. The end. And is for necessary. Is it necessary that I address this right now? The K is for kind. Is what I'm about to say right now kind? Can I deliver what I'm about to say to someone in such a way that will allow them to receive what I have to say? And the next time that we find ourselves in situations where we might want to lash out or we're, we're being pressed or a situation that is really hard, let me encourage you to think, acronym, think before you speak. Pastor Markell, if you would join me. 
The last and final point today, number three, the third key to control our words is to know that prayer will invite God's will, God's help. That prayer will invite God's help. Here's a very powerful scripture that I would encourage you to memorize. In fact, you might already have this scripture memorized. You maybe just don't know where the address is found. But this is a very important scripture that will help to change the way that you talk. It has definitely helped me in my life with the way that I talk. And here's a scripture. It's found in Psalm 19 and verse 14. It says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Did you notice the connection between words and heart? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This verse is a great prayer to pray. This is the type of prayer that invites God's help. And if we will pray this prayer, I'm telling you, God will help us with the type of language that we use or our words. I pray this prayer often in my life. If I feel something getting very tense, I'll pray this prayer if I've got to address something. If I have to talk to someone about a situation, I will pray this prayer over my life. If I, if I know I'm going to preach, I will pray this prayer over my life. If I, if I know I'm going to read, if I, if I know I'm going to lead in a devotional, I will pray this over my life. If I have to confront someone or if I have to have one of those harder meetings with someone, I will pray this over my life because I don't want my words to be offensive. I want God to come into that situation because really what good is that conversation if the other person can't even receive it? If we will pray, then God will answer. Do you believe that today? If we will pray, God will answer. Would you stand with me this morning if you're able? Some of you are here this morning and you say, Pastor Gary, I'm tired of the words that I speak. I'm tired uh, of the situations that I, I get placed in where I don't act the right way. Or sometimes I regret saying things that, that I say. I, I wish I could change that in my life, Pastor Gary. I wish I could change that. How can I change that? Listen. You don't have a words problem. You have a heart problem. If we will allow ourselves to be placed in the right environment, it will change everything about our lives. But if we continue to place our heart in environments that are filthy, it will continue to allow our life to be headed in a direction that will create filth in our life. That's not the area that we want to head towards. We want our lives to be directed in a godly way. We want to be headed in a trajectory where God can actually use our lives. And so if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Gary, I'm tired of the things that I say. I don't understand why. I just can't get this under control. This teaching has really helped me today. I just need God's help. I want to pray that prayer that God will help me to use my words for good and not for evil. I want to use my words to speak life and not death over situations. I want God to clean my heart. Listen, God will clean your heart. There's a famous prayer in the Bible where David says, Lord, create in me a, a pure heart before you. Do you know that you can pray and ask the Lord to create in you a pure heart? I don't care if you've been a Christian for 50 years and you feel like, man, my heart is not clean. You can pray that prayer this morning and God will give you a clean heart just in a second. You might be here this morning and maybe you say, man, I, I know that my, my life is not headed in a direction that I want it to go in. I want you to know that where you place your heart, whatever is stored up in your heart will come out when situations come. Whenever there's mountains 
mountains that are there set before you, you can act one of two ways. You can allow the, you can allow the filth of the world to come out of you, or you can allow godly things to come out of you. But if you want to respond the right way, the only way to allow that to happen is to make sure that your heart is healthy, that you're in church, that you're reading your Bible, that you're reading your word, that you're going to first Wednesdays, that you're a part of life groups. All of the things that you know are going to create a pure heart inside of you. And so if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you because prayer invites God's help. If you're here this morning, and I'm not going to ask you to to raise your hand, but if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Gary, I need that type of prayer over my life. I, I need God to help me because I'm tired of my words being used that way. You know, this morning... I was praying over the message, and um, every Sunday morning, I always pray for an hour over my message because I want to make sure that, that yes, you know, you put a message together, and that's powerful, but when you have the Holy Spirit in prayer over a message, that's where it really becomes powerful. It's not anything that I say or anything that I came up with. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit that anyone gets anything out of any message that I would ever speak. But earlier this morning, I was praying, and I was kind of going through the motions in praying, uh, not not my whole prayer time, but in, in this one part of the prayer, I was saying, Lord, create in me a pure heart. If there's any type of offensive thing that I have said to someone, would you bring that to my recollection? Would you let me be aware of the fact that I have said some wrong words? Because I'm preaching on this today. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I know that my words can cut. I mean, I know that I can use my words for bad things. So Lord, if there's anything that is unresolved, would you bring that to my remembrance? And then the Lord brought something up that just happened this, this last week. I, I talked to my, daughter, my youngest daughter, Kylie. We were all hanging out in the backyard, and I said something, and I knew I hurt her heart by something that I said. And the day continued to go on, and I didn't make it right with her. We had some people over our house, and I didn't make it right. I, I, in fact, I, I just forgot about it. I didn't even think about it. And so this morning as I was praying, I said, Lord, is there anything in my life that I just need to ask you to forgive me of or something I need to make right? And the Lord brought that up to my, to my remembrance and said, you need to make that right with Kylie. And so my daughter, she got here really early in the morning, and, and I, I went, got my daughter. I said, hey, Kylie. I said, hey, I said some things to you this week that are hurtful. Would you forgive me, please? I, I didn't mean to come off that way. I never, I never mean to hurt you with my words. I would never intentionally mean to hurt you with anything that I would ever say. And she says, Dad, of course I forgive you. And then she said, Dad, will you forgive me? Because I said some things back to you, and, and that wasn't right either. And, and I don't even remember her even saying anything back to me. But the point is this. God will bring something up to your remembrance that you need to make right. And some of you are going to go home today. And some of you are going to talk to your spouse. Some of you are going to call a family meeting and say, you know what? Man, I've hurt you guys by the way that I said this. Or I've hurt you by my words. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here to touch you, and the Holy Spirit is here to bring things up to remembrance. It's up to you to make it right. When we pray, God will help. Do you believe that this morning? So let's pray right now. God, I just pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would begin to give us a pure heart before you. Lord, the reason why we say certain things isn't because we just have a words problem. It's because we have a heart problem. So, Lord, would you begin to, to, to mend to the root issue, begin to, to mend our heart? Would you begin to give us a healthy heart today? Would you speak to our lives about certain areas that we need to make right before you because we want to have a healthy heart so that we can speak healthy words. We want to have a loving heart so we can speak loving words. And, God, I just pray 
pray that you would help every single one of us in this room. Whether there's something specific that we could point to or, or whether there's something general. God, every single one of us in this room needs help in the area of our words. Our words are powerful. Our words are expensive. Our words have the power to speak life and death over people and situations. So Lord, I pray that we would speak life over the mountains that are in front of us because only in those situations can we believe for them and not doubt and know that you will touch those situations. And so Lord, I pray right now that you would help us to know where to place our hearts. There might be some environments that we've been exposed to and the reason why we cuss and the reason why we think certain things, the reason why we lust, the reason why we are stubborn is because of the people or things that we allow for to be stored up into our hearts. And so Lord, I pray that you would convict us on the areas that we're not supposed to be a part of and that you would show us things that we're supposed to be a part of, like going to First Wednesdays, coming to church, reading our Bibles, being people of prayer, serving. There's different things that we could be a part of so that when life happens and when we get pressed, good things will come out of our life. And so, Lord, we're praying to a loving Father today. We're praying to a God of miracles. We're praying to a God that can move on our life because, God, with you, all things are possible. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Lord, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you did it for us yesterday and if you're going to do it for us today, then we know that you can do it for us in our future as well. God, we speak life over our future. We speak life over our families. We speak life over our words. We speak life over our hearts. We speak life over our workplaces. We speak life over our, our finances. God, we speak life over our health. We speak life. God, we speak life. Our words are expensive. And our words will cost us things. So, Lord, we pray that they'll cost us good things. We pray that the good things of the Spirit will happen in our life. So, Lord, we speak life over every single one of us here today. God, help us in, these, in this next week. Because we've received this message, we're going to have opportunities to place this teaching into practice. And so, God, I pray that we wouldn't fall to Satan's dem demise and to his devices, but Lord, that we will give into the fruit of the Spirit today, that we will be patient, that we'll be loving, that we'll be joyful, that we'll be so, uh, ongoing, God, all the things of the Holy Spirit. God, help us with those. Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, self-control, all of the fruit of the Spirit. Help us to exhibit those this week. We're not going to lash out with our words. We're going to be prayerful. We're, we're not going to respond harshly to our words. We're going to speak the word of God over our life and think the things that the fruit of the Spirit are. So, Lord, you're going to help us and give us mercy and grace this week. And if you believe that, say a loud amen. Come on, say a loud amen. If you re receive something from the word of the Lord, would you give the Lord a great clap offering this morning? God wants to help us. If we will pray, God will answer. I also want to pray for a second group of people that are in this place today. Don't leave anyone yet. I want to pray for a second group of people. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have at one point in your life. But you know that you have not been walking with Jesus. I want you to know that your words are powerful. And in fact, I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's the words that come out of your, out of your mouth that will ensure that you're saved. It's believing it in your heart. In fact, here's what Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord 
and, and believe in your heart. Did you catch that, the connection between words and our heart? If you confess with your, with your words that Jesus is Lord and, and confess with your, uh, with your lips and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so this morning, I want you to know, if you're not walking with Jesus, you could pray this prayer, and it'll be the best prayer that you've ever prayed. It'll secure your place in heaven. It'll give you a new destiny. These words will actually change the trajectory and the direction of your life just by praying these words. And so if you've joined us online or if you've joined us in person, would you pray this prayer with me? If you need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Repeat this prayer after me. And Harvest Church, repeat this prayer with them as well. Say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that you're real. I sense your presence. I realize today that there's power in my words. And I want to use my words right now for something powerful that's about to happen. And that is the power of salvation. So Lord Jesus, right now, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of all my wrongdoings, and of all my iniquities. Right now, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me. For right now, I believe on you, I receive you, and I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said aloud, amen. Amen. Now look, here's what just happened. If you prayed that prayer, right now the, the, the Lamb's Book of Life says this, that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which means that your future is secure, that you're going to make it to heaven. And here's what I'm about to do. I, I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I want you to raise your hand all across this auditorium. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be someone that's just going to keep your hand down if you prayed that prayer. If you can't stand for God, if you can't raise your hand for God in church, you're not going to be able to live for him out there in the world. And the Bible says that if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. And so if that's you this morning and you prayed that prayer, you meant it from your heart, I'm going to count to three. You're going to lift your hands all across this, this sanctuary this morning. One, two, three. Lift your hands all across. Yes, over there. 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 Yes, back there. Yes, over there. Yes, right here. Yes, right there. Yes, right there. Yes, over here. Yes, over here. Yes, back there. Yes, over there in the back. Yes, over there. Yes, over there. Yes, over there. Yes, right there. Yes, right there. Yes, right up here. Man, now give the Lord great praise, everyone. Listen, your destiny has been secured. I want you to do me a favor and look around at all these people right here because if you raise your hand, this is your new Harvest Church family. Welcome to the Harvest Church family. You don't have to look for another church. This is your church family now. We want you to attend on a regular basis. One of the things, one of the ways for you to store up good things in your heart is to make church a priority. Don't just come today. I know someone invited you, and I know it's exciting today. And this, this week when Satan tries to tempt you or on Saturday night when you're tired and, and you feel like you just want to sleep in, don't sleep in. This is going to breathe life into you. This will help to direct your path. This will help to direct your entire life. So we are so excited that you gave your hearts to the Lord this morning. Harvest Church, would you let them know how much you love them this morning? You have been absolutely amazing 
to share the word with this morning. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you this morning. God, thank you so much for every person that came into the house of the Lord. Your spirit is here. Man, we've been having incredible, incredible services where we feel your presence. And Lord, it's your presence that really helps us to be changed. Thank you for not letting us leave today the same as we walked in. But Lord, we're leaving changed today. We're going to be people that use words in the right way. And so Lord, this week as we are given opportunities to live for you, would you allow us to be given the strength to speak life and not death, to speak life over our situations today. So Lord, I pray for the grace and the mercy needed for every single one of us today to live out your way, to live out your word, to live out godly things in Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. Amen. We love you so much, everyone. Thank you for coming today. We love you. We love you. We'll see you again next week. God bless you. Walk with the Lord this week. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.